You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Wednesday morning, Big Show continues. I'm Patrick Dumas. i got Alex Brody along with me as well. NFL League year opens up next week. Free agency's coming. We got uh, 50 days from the draft. So NFL, uh, the NFL never stops. It does not take a month, a day, a week off. It's it's all the time. And uh, we're going to talk with, uh, go down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. And we're uh, talking with Gary Grandling uh, covering the NFL. Gary, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing all right. And, you know, that there was a day, I think it was like 93 or something, the NFL stopped for a day. There was no <laughs> NFL news. But that was it. And then since then, just nonstop. <laughs> just nonstop. Just it, whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's just we just, we always just we eat it up. We 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 take it in. It's it's. Is we cannot quit it. The NFL, I, I equate mm-hmm. to a vice. Would you agree to that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's start uh, with the big quarterback news uh, right now. we got a couple ones to get through, but we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Woody Johnson and crew, Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, they're all going down to meet with uh, Rodgers in California yesterday. Where do we see this going? Is I mean, it obviously, it all depends on what Aaron Rodgers wants to do, but where do you see this thing taking a, a turn? Yeah, I look, I, I think he's going to land with the Jets. I, I think the Jets are going to do uh, what they have to do to get this done. Uh, obviously, Rodgers and, and Nate Hackett have a good relationship for their time in Green Bay together. Uh, and the Jets are also, it, it sounds a little bit ridiculous to say <laughs> this, but they're really good. Like, two yeah. through 53 on that roster, they are ready to win games. I, I don't know if they necessarily are going to knock off the bills and the, but you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're, you're mm-hmm. probably uh, clearly the second best team in that division. And, and maybe, you know, you unlock something and, and you can make some noise in January, February next year. So I think they're ready to get, uh, they have to get someone in there. They, they can't, you know, uh, go with another young guy. Uh, they need a veteran in there. I thought it might be Derek Carr. It's obviously not going to be. And uh, I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Now, Green Bay obviously has a, a little bit of an issue as well. They're going to be carrying the dead cap of Aaron Rodgers' $150 million mm-hmm. contract, essentially guaranteed that it is. Uh, what can, like So the Packers would essentially, like their goal is, what I'm seeing is, they take in more, more of the money, they would get a better return from the Jets, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to have to eat some, uh, some cap pain one yeah. way or another. But they're ready. I mean, look, they're ready to move on. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it was it was a wonderful run there, and uh, you know they Jordan Love has. You know, we saw we saw a little bit of it mm-hmm. on that Sunday night against the Eagles. Jordan Love is is ready for this, and uh, you know I, I think they're just kind of done with it. The Packers. The other thing that happened with the Packers is they rightly saw themselves as Super Bowl contenders coming into last year. Their defense kind of slid back yeah. in, in a really weird way, and I think they need to kind of rethink what they're doing on that side of the ball. So they don't need like a full on teardown or anything, but you know, they, they need like a mini reset kind of a, kind of a reassessment of, of where they are and, and where they're going to go in the next year or two. Uh, keep the quarterback conversation going. Lamar Jackson uh, got the franchise tag by the Ravens ahead of the deadline yesterday. Teams free to negotiate with uh, Lamar, but the Ravens obviously have the chance to match. Uh, and it will cost you some draft picks. Uh, Baltimore's ultimate end goal here is, would probably get Lamar Jackson signed. They they can't be losing this guy. 
Yeah, really weird situation. Uh, it's look, it's always been a little bit strange with Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have the agent. The the agent does do a lot of uh, the the narrative molding that we see around the NFL. And uh, it, you know, the the word coming out yesterday seemed to be like, well, no one's going to offer him a contract, which yeah. seems a little bit silly. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, what what else are you doing at this point? Uh, go get Lamar Jackson. Should be. Should be the strategy. Uh, you are absolutely right. The Ravens really can't let him go, even with the new offensive coordinator coming in. That entire offensive roster is built around Lamar Jackson's strengths, which are obviously. Uh, I mean, he's a he's maybe you don't quite put him on the Mahomes, uh, Herbert, Josh Allen type level, but he's somewhere in between that and sort of the the Dak Prescotts of the world. So uh, they need him there. If they don't have him there. Uh, I mean, whatever. You're going to hit the reset button and and just bring in some middling guy and and hope you can get by for a couple of years here in in that in that AFC with uh, all those sort of superhero quarterbacks. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense. I think they're just. I think for their own sake and for the sake of the other teams around the league, they are very resistant to do the fully guaranteed contract like uh, Cleveland did with Deshaun Watson. And that's where we go. Like teams. There were seemed like there were more teams lining up for Deshaun Watson and what he went through, what he put himself through over the last couple years. And then you see the five teams that said they're we're not going to be pursuing Lamar. You're talking Washington. You're talking, you know, Atlanta. You're talking like the, the teams that are like, eh, we're not going to do it. They don't win in the last like, you know, five seasons. These teams don't win. How, what gives them the right to say no to a player like Lamar Jackson? And that's the thing. It's like. Is it is it true? Look, I, I I won't I won't completely pull back the curtain on on NFL media coverage here, but uh, you have your insiders. Yep. They they you know they do some folks some favors sometimes. Uh, if you are say the Dolphins and you well the Dolphins aren't a great example because they seem to just constantly <laughs> be shopping behind to a tongue of Iowa's back. Uh-huh. But you know you, you don't want to you don't want to upset your starting quarterback. Uh, so you kind of say, "Oh, we're not interested." And then, you know, behind the scenes you're kind of like, well, "Well, yeah, of course we're interested. Like, let's let's talk, let's see if we can figure this out without it becoming public." I don't know if that's going on. Um, but it would make a lot more sense than a bunch of QB needy teams saying, uh, "We don't want the uh what well, he's 26 or something." Yeah. Uh, you know, MVP caliber quarterback in here. We're we're good without that. Uh, we're gonna ride with uh, Desmond Ritter or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, the New York Giants. They paid Daniel Jones. He had a coming off his uh, career year and a year that they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Uh, obviously, it's things are working out there uh, with New York and also Saquon Barkley getting tagged. Right calls there for the Giants and obviously getting Daniel Jones in on a pretty good contract. Yeah, I think so. And and look, people are going to sort of say, oh, Daniel Jones gets that. That's kind of the going rate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Daniel, Daniel Jones is not going to be uh, in that tier one Mahomes, Herbert, Josh Allen type of class, but he could absolutely be, uh, let's call it like the, the Dak Prescott, uh, Derek Carr a couple years ago type of level where a uh, very good system quarterback who also gives you a little bit out of structure and can kind of lift up what you do. Uh, obviously, obviously the system was a fit last year. Uh, really bad weapons. I mean, <laughs> probably the worst group of receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So you upgrade that, and and you know, I think there's legitimate reason for optimism. Uh, not MVP optimism, but it could you know Daniel Jones embark on sort of a, a Matt Ryan type of uh, career over the next you know five years here? Sure. Like I, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. 
uh, you know, hitting the reset button for the Giants where you're not going to be picking in like the top three of the draft or something like that. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And obviously the, the tier one guys, they, mm-hmm. they don't become available except for maybe Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Uh, Derek Carr is signing a, the deal in New Orleans and Geno Smith uh, re-upping in Seattle. I know Pete Carroll was pretty uh, excited to s- about this quarterback class coming up into this draft, uh, but it was the right call to bring back Geno coming off a career year. He seems to like the system. And then, obviously, maybe your your, your opinion on Derek Carr uh, circling back and getting uh, getting uh, some good $50 million, I guess, guaranteed to go play with the, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, starting in Seattle, uh, you know, comfort level on both sides. Uh, Shane Waldron really likes Geno. Obviously, we saw last year what Geno's capable of doing, uh, given sort of a, a more, let's say, competent uh, organization uh, helping him out there and, and sort of letting him do his thing. So it makes a lot of sense. They can still, I, I would, uh, there are a lot of teams I put sort of on Anthony Richardson watch for the draft because I do yeah. think Anthony Richardson is, is probably. I know we say this about guys a lot and it's like, Oh, this guy's three years away. And then like in week four, he's on the field. <laughs> I don't think that's Anthony. Right? I think he is two years away minimum, uh, depending on how, uh, how things go. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, that makes all the sense in the world for the Seahawks. They can, they can make another playoff run. I don't know if they can necessarily break through. It's still not a great, uh, they're obviously nowhere near their powers from like a Legion of Boone yeah. on the, uh, on the defense side of the ball, but uh, it's still a it's still a solid roster. It's a solid team. Uh, Derek Carr in New Orleans is interesting, just because obviously the Saints are gonna just forever be sort of uh, jumping through these hoops with the uh, uh, with the salary cap tricks, and they are. I I personally I I can respect and appreciate the fact that they want to compete every year, and they're looking at the NFC South right now and saying like, well, yeah, of course we can win this division. It's a really bad division. We'll get to the playoffs. Maybe you get on a bit of a hot streak. The NFC is not nearly as deep as the AFC, yeah. and, and maybe we you know, stumble into an NFC title game. There's one more quarterback I want to say, and he uh, he retired, uh, but there's been some talk of him possibly maybe coming back. <laughs> what are the chances we see Tom Brady, yeah. be it in yeah. Miami or somewhere else. Does, did you see Tom Brady coming back and playing again this year? Uh, I thought we were talking about Chad Henney. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Brady, uh, I, I would never rule it out. I, I think it's unlikely, um, but you can never rule it out. And uh, I, I just, whatever, I, I don't want to make it sound like I, I'm best friends with a guy, but uh, the finality of walking away forever uh, mm-hmm. from this game for a guy like that, I just don't know if it's. I don't know if I ever said like he always I, I it was probably like 10 years ago now he had to quote you know like I'll stop playing when I suck or, or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's him I think he's just you know I mean, he's kind of addicted to football feels and, like outside uh, pressures maybe breaks away that easily yeah, yeah and I'm not sure what pressures are left again I, I don't want to delve into his personal life but uh, as we all know he, he did get divorced mm-hmm. you know Giselle was not thrilled about his uh, never-ending NFL career. The the timing was a little bit strange. I would have said for sure, if we were having this conversation in January, I would have said for sure he's uh, he's coming back, yeah. and he's probably going to play in either Miami or Vegas. We will we'll see. Miami, I, like, yeah, they are. like They do not really care about what they do with Tua Tagovailoa, even if they have maybe ruined his career. <laughs> 
Uh, running backs around the league. Uh, we heard that the Tennessee Titans are possibly shopping Derrick Henry. Our NFL teams, you know, I think they probably kind of realized a few years ago, but I think are, are they finally getting to the point where that we don't need the running back that makes a ton of money anymore? It's such a... Uh... It's such a bizarre position because obviously a running back's prime is probably like his first four years in the league. Yeah. And then after that, it's diminishing returns. So uh, I, I just, to me, it does make sense for the Titans to like move on from Derrick Henry uh, because you're just not going to, he has so much more value to you mm-hmm. than he does elsewhere. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of look they're going to have on offense this year. If it's, if it's still going to be kind of the, the thing that Arthur Smith built with the wide zone stuff a couple years ago. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Derrick Henry, the way you have to defend him, uh, which is essentially you have to really suck those linebackers up and, and your linebackers have to basically get through the line of scrimmage and get hands on him as soon as possible. That unlocks so much room on the second level for the. I mean, that made Ryan Tannehill's career. Well, so you're uh, trying to tackle that, a legit you know, defensive end now. That's what yeah, you're trying to tackle. And like you can't, you can't kind of wait and sort of meet him in the hole type of thing. You have to get into the backfield. You just have to defend him differently than you do other running backs. And uh, yeah, you know, I I think he still has more value, so much more value in Tennessee than he does somewhere else. Uh, it just I mean, you're going to trade him. Where are you going to get like a fourth round pick? Yeah. So you can, you know, get a get a get a third safety or something out there. <laughs> it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, it feels like you're selling yourself short and selling a guy like that and Derrick Henry and only walking away with a fourth round pick. Albeit, you know, it feels like can he keep going? He's coming off a 1500 yard season. It feels like Derrick Henry might be uh, an enigma among the running backs. Uh, what are some uh, other cut candidates maybe you're you're focusing on? I, I look at Minnesota as a team. They've, they've cut Eric Kendricks. they got to probably cut a lot more on that defense. I wonder about Delvin Cook as they try and uh, work some money and they have to get Justin Jefferson signed long-term here. What are some, maybe some other cut candidates that you're maybe seeing? No, Kendricks is interesting because he still has a lot of good football left. And what you're seeing around the league, uh, yeah, he's not quite – as mobile as he once was where, uh, you know, you, you put him like a Fred Warner type of category, but uh, I mean, my goodness, you see what the 49ers are doing almost like a, as a future prototype, you can, you can build around those linebackers oh, yeah. and, and go sort of from, from the interior out and, uh, and have something just, just really, you know, really cooking at that point. Um, it's always, that's the thing with a cut candidate. It's, it's like, they cut, they cut them for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's. I, I don't know what the market's necessarily going to be on 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 an Eric Kendricks. Uh, you know, yes, it's it's a team that has to move some money around to get uh, you know Justin Jefferson in, but I, I just don't really know. Um, a linebacker that's lost half a step. It, it's like you can always find a flaw in those guys and. Uh, you know, the rule of thumb is kind of the last team he came from, that's the team that knows him best. And if they're willing to move on, uh, maybe that's not the guy you, you run out and get. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how I approach uh, the second chance guys here. Uh, the Bears, the Cardinals, they're among two teams picking in the top 10 of this draft. Obviously, the Bears have the first overall pick that are willing to move their first rounders. Uh, does, does, does Chicago even fall that far back? Is it Houston that jumps up? Is it Indianapolis that jumps up? Is it Vegas that jumps up to try and get that first overall pick? 
from the Bears because they don't they can't be selecting a quarterback there at first. They got a, they got a lot more needs and they can fill out that team by trading that first overall pick. Yeah, it's always the kind of thing where like you know the Bears due diligence. You have to look at the quarterbacks, and if if you if you decide someone is uh, you know Pete Manning coming out or something, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, then you make the switch. It doesn't sound like that's where they are though, and it does sound like they're going to move that. I would look at Indianapolis and Carolina as the yeah. two teams that I would think are most likely to move that to make that move up to number one. Houston, maybe we'll see, uh, and and kind of go from there. Uh, it's funny. One advantage you get uh, if you're Chicago and Matt Eberflus is your uh, is your head coach now. If you look at what he built in Indianapolis, it was kind of a lot of no offense to those guys, kind of a lot of spare parts type of guys mm-hmm. that that offense, excuse me, that that defense was built around. Uh, and then they invested obviously heavily in the uh, offensive line. But, um, you know, they did make the move for the Forrest Buckner at one point, but he can kind of, his philosophy is, uh, you know, their bend don't break in the secondary. In the defensive line, uh, everyone wants a pass rush, obviously. The way he does it is they just do twists and stunts nonsense. It's just so much... Uh, action up front. They just try and cause confusion and sort of break through that way. And it's, it's worked. It's worked for like half a decade now. So um, they don't necessarily, you know, if someone comes with an incredible package uh, out of, you know, Carolina's down at at nine, I think Mm -hmm. Um, they move down that far. Sure. They miss out on Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. They can probably live with that and just stack up as many picks as they possibly can. If that's the best kind of offer. I, I don't think they, I don't think they really have the, I don't think they have to say like, okay, well, we got to, we got to stay top five and get mm-hmm. one of those two defensive players. I think they just, they, they stack up as many picks as they can get at this point. Gary, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your morning and uh, chatting some NFL with, uh, with me. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, you get all, all the best and you enjoy the rest of those NFL off season as league year starts up in a week here. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to come on. Thank you very much, Gary. We'll, uh, we'll talk at you soon, buddy. There you go. That's Gary Grandling uh, covering all things NFL. Uh, should be interesting to see what happens here with the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers uh, possibly on his way to the Jets. Uh, whether or not, you know, either way, I think Green Bay is going to be uh, hurting, uh, especially with that dead cap that they have to carry when moving Aaron Rodgers, unless they can take the Jets, take all their mo- all that money, which uh, that won't likely happen. Gary joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403 248 3344. The Cowboys wing off goes uh, tomorrow at Cowboys Casino. Flamestock will be broadcasting live uh, from the location. It's the fifth annual wing off in support of Kids Sport. Uh, the event runs uh, tomorrow night from 6 till 9. Need your help finding YYC's ultimate wing champion? Uh, get your tickets now at showpass.com, searching Cowboys. Wing off. Around the corner, we're going to talk with Ty Pilsen, VP of Marketing from the Calgary District Lacrosse Association. You may have heard there are spots on our radio station. Lacrosse is a growing sport among youth, especially come summertime as the snow melts and the ice isn't around. Lacrosse is a great sport uh, if you want to keep going, uh, keep your hockey training going as well. We're going to talk with Ty Pilsen around the corner. You're listening to Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show.
Final segment of the big show. I'm Patrick DeMont, Alex Brody along with me as well. Go back down that Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline. We are going to be joined by Ty Pilsen, the VP of Marketing for the Calgary District Lacrosse Association. You just heard our spot there, or their spot, just play on our radio station right there. Uh, it's been a lot of airplay as well. Ty, thank you very much. I'm sure you got a very busy morning uh, ahead, but thank you for taking some time uh, to talk about uh, what you got going on with Calgary Lacrosse. Well, thanks a lot for having me on this morning. We're uh, really excited about the upcoming lacrosse season and the chance to try to get more kids in the uh, Calgary area playing. Yeah, like, let's, let's go to over what you guys do with the uh, Cal- like. What kind of communities, like, where do you cover? Like, Calgary's a big, we think of Calgary, it's just Calgary, but you bring in Okotoks, you bring in all the other things. What are the type of uh, areas that the CDLA cover? Yeah, the Calgary District Lacrosse Association is obviously Calgary, but we also have member clubs for Airdrie, Cochrane, Strathmore, High River, and Okotoks. Um, and as well, we have a, a girls lacrosse program called the Fury, which is similar to the Calgary Girls Hockey Program. Okay. So um, girls can play, obviously, co-ed, but they also have the option of playing in that program. Uh, so depending where you live in around the area, uh, you can go to calgarylacrosse.com to see where you may fit into play. And I know we have listeners on your station that are all over the south end of the province. Mm-hmm. So we have lacrosse clubs in uh, Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, Red Deer, Tabor, uh, Sylvan Lake, Old, just to name a few. So if anybody outside of Cal- the Calgary area is interested, they can go to albertalacrosse.com and try to see where maybe the nearest uh, association is for them to play in. We'll say that 960 transmitter reaches some great places. I will say that for sure. Uh, they call across the fastest game on two feet. Obviously, kids, they need to be active. Uh, what are some of the good things that lacrosse can do for you, for young kids? Yeah, lacrosse, you know, the one thing we really love about lacrosse is you're moving. Like, they do call it the fastest game on two feet, and uh, it's continually running. You're sprinting, you're jogging, and, you know, every now and then. But it's a lot of sprinting. You're not standing around. So, you know, if you're looking to get your kids into an activity that's going to keep them fit, have fun, they won't get bored, um, it's a great activity that way just to, you know, really really be in motion. You know, we find kids have more fun when they're not standing around in some other sports mm-hmm. tend to have a little bit of that. So, you know, lacrosse, that's not the problem. You're going to be running. Uh, Canada's got two official sports. They got a winter sport, which is hockey. And of course they have the official summer sport, which maybe some people might forget. And that is lacrosse. Uh, it's obviously, there's many, many great athletes in, in hockey have played it. We think of John Tavares and his uncle and what he did. Uh, Steven Stamkos is another big name. Sean Monaghan played obviously former Calgary flame, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Gary Roberts, Joe Newendike. They all played lacrosse. Talk about some of the stories uh, that Monaghan had, how much he loved uh, lacrosse. Yeah, it, it you know, hockey and lacrosse go together yeah. extremely well. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's a great summer sport, and you mentioned a lot of the names from kind of that past generation and guys like Joe Newendike and Gary Roberts, who fans know here well, were both yep. exceptional lacrosse players. Um, Brendan Shanahan, his brother Brian, is an excellent broadcaster mm-hmm. in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. We talked about that younger generation, and uh, Sean Monaghan was a guy who was passionate about lacrosse, and my day job is uh, the director of digital and social media for the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation. Mm-hmm. So I'm lucky to be involved with the Roughnecks here. We can talk about in a little bit who've been really supportive of local lacrosse. But, you know, I talk to Sean all the time about lacrosse, and he grew up playing it, absolutely loved it. Um, when the Minto Cup, which is the Junior A Championship, was held out here, I guess about five years ago now, uh, Brampton, where he was from and played growing up, was in it. And he actually flew out with a friend of his just to watch huh. it. Um, and so he would talk about, you know, the benefits of it. And it's the hand-eye coordination, learning to deal with checks and tight spots. You know, he said a lot of protecting the puck came from learning how to protect the ball. Yeah. So it just really helps 
you know, we're looking to get more hockey players involved because it is just a great complementary sport. And, you know, my son, oldest son grew up playing lacrosse. A lot of kids who've done extremely well in hockey. A couple of kids he grew up playing with are both in the WHL right now. So um, there's a lot of synergies between the sports. And, you know, if you go do a search for lacrosse, NHL, hockey, you'll find oh, yeah. tons of comments. Um, earlier in my career, when I was a journalist, the son, I, I had the opportunity to interview Walter Gretzky and uh, it was great he came for a roughnecks game way back in the day and uh, we got to sit down and talk about lacrosse and, and he he went on and on about what an incredible sport it was he said it helped make Wayne the player he was uh, learning all the fakes and the different moves that he said that he you know translated into hockey so um, there's lots of folks out there that that are big proponents of the game and uh, you know Sean was one of them here uh Brett Ritchie, I talked quite a bit about lacrosse. He played here now. Obviously, his brother Nick's here. <laughs> Haven't had an opportunity to talk with Nick yet, but uh, Brett was a huge lacrosse guy too, and talked about how it benefited him as a hockey player. So, uh, it's definitely a great thing if you've got a kid in hockey and you're like, "What do I do this summer?" Uh, lacrosse is a perfect sport. And you happen to have a program for for the little guys. U uh, seven, the little roughnecks division. Uh, your partnership with the team. Talk about uh, what the what all goes into that and. Uh, how are you going to be moving forward with that program? Yeah, we're extremely proud. Uh, obviously, working here at a company where the Roughnecks are and then volunteering with Calgary Lacrosse, it was great to see this partnership because the idea of it is to get more kids involved in the sport, get more kids playing. So yeah. Little Roughnecks would be, uh, it's our U7 division, so it was formerly known as Mini Tykes, and uh, for hockey folks, it would be similar to Timbits, so mm. the birth years of uh, 2017 to 2019 birth years. And so the Roughnecks have come up big time to help us out this year, and they really want to see more kids involved. So every kid who signs up this year will receive a free lacrosse stick, and they get to keep their jersey Amazing. at the end of the season. So we hope that'll just kind of open up the door to get even more kids involved and have that opportunity to take part in the sport, fall in love with it early, and then hopefully play it growing up and, and then into you know men's or women's leagues when they're older. Well, Ty, thank you very much for uh, taking your time this morning and talking about what Calgary District Lacrosse Association is, and hopefully we got the word out there more and, uh, with the commercials, and hopefully uh, we see some uptick in some kids playing lacrosse this summer. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. And just uh, to let everyone know again, go to calgarylacrosse.com if you have any questions to find out what equipment you need or where to sign up or where you play, and, and all the information is there, and uh, we can't wait to see more kids out on the floor this year. Thank you so much, Ty. All the best the rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks again. Bye. There you go. It's uh, Ty Pilson, VP of Marketing for Calgary District Lacrosse Association. The website, again, is calgarylacrosse.com. It's got all the information uh, for for you to get your child uh, involved in lacrosse. We know it's a fun sport. The Roughnecks are fun to watch. It's even a, a, a fun sport to play, for sure, and it's another way to keep your hockey training. If hockey's your sport, it's another way to, to keep your skills Fresh for the fall as uh, lacrosse uh, will season is ramping up here in a matter of weeks. Uh, of course, Ty joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Uh, coming up on the Jeff Merrick Show, uh, I got Elliot Friedman kicking things off at 10.05. Uh, and then at 10.35, Charlie O'Connor covering all things Philadelphia Flyers for the Athletic. Of course, Tony D'Angelo the center of attention now after his spear to Corey Perry yesterday. We'll see what uh, the league will throw down on Mr. D'Angelo. And then at 11 a.m., classic Merrick versus Wyshynski as Greg Wyshynski from ESPN joins the program. Uh, I want to thank our guests for, uh, first of all, I want to thank people. I want to talk about tonight's uh, NHL schedule. Just three games tonight, Detroit and Chicago, Winnipeg, Minnesota, 
Anaheim, Vancouver. Only one of those games matters to Flames fans, and that's the 5.30 start in Winnipeg, uh, part of uh, Rogers' Wednesday Night Hockey on Sportsnet. So Winnipeg Jets hosting the Minnesota Wild. Wild on a second half of a back-to-back. Calgary coming into action tonight, just four points back of of Winnipeg for that final wild card spot. The Jets do have one game in hand, which they will make up tonight. That's a big one. If you're a Flames fan, you're definitely cheering for the Minnesota Wild and hoping they get that done in regulation. Now, I will thank our guests, Luke Gazdick, Eric Francis, uh, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee, Gary Grambling, and Ty Pilsen. Thank you. They all joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, up next, uh, the Merrick Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow.